friends, and welcome to The World Transformed. This program is your guide to an astounding future that lies ahead, one that will be here sooner than you think, and one that you have an important role to play in bringing about. At The World Transformed, we want to introduce you to what may be the greatest transformation of them all, the one that begins with considering and acting on the almost limitless possibilities that lie before us, and that ends somewhere beyond the reach of the human imagination. So, when does this amazing future begin? Well, today is the day. My name is Phil Bowermaster, and with me in the virtual studio is my co-author, co-futurist, and co-host, Stephen Gordon. Hello, Stephen. Hey, Phil. How are you? Well, I am super fantastic. How are you, my friend? Man, I'm doing great. Got to Wednesday, so halfway through the week, so yep, doing just fine. Hope you are, too. Yeah, absolutely. Time for some amazing. A little bit of amazing. Oh, yeah. I didn't use the word amazing in our show title. I used weirdness. Because let me tell you something. Sometimes We're weirdness talking... is pretty amazing. Oh, yeah, it can be. <laughs> Mind weirdness, knowledge uploads, quantum consciousness, and returning from the dish. Maybe call it brain weirdness, really, come to think of it. Um, brain weirdness. Anyway, one of these is spooky, okay? Uh, in, the, in the show description, I said a collection of brain stories that are just this side of Tales of the Paranormal. And one of them actually probably slips into the uh, in, into the end of the full-blown spooky but we'll get to that last okay so the uh, I, I won't say which of those three that I just named is the uh, is the spooky one um, it's maybe not the one you think from reading the title but uh, let's talk about let's talk about some weird brain stuff if uh, if you're in the mood <laughs> let's do it okay well this first story brain activity is sort of sets the stage Okay, just just to, just to kind of get the get the ball rolling here. Brain activity appears to continue after people are dead, according to a new study. Now, this is a pretty technical piece, and it does not prove that there's life after death, and it does not prove that the brain exists outside of the the excuse me the mind exists outside of the brain. Um, it, it doesn't it doesn't establish any of that stuff. I just found it interesting. Uh, it's, it's well, not something it, no, that you, apparently dying is not just it doesn't happen in one instance. It's a process, right? And I think that's really what it tells us is that uh, you know the the, the second that uh, they call call death, uh, you know, and say okay, time of death is, and they give a time. That's that's probably an oversimplification for purposes of just you know, the, <laughs> perhaps the convenience of those who are uh, are trying to work on you at that moment, right? I mean, it's. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't all happen at one moment. Well, um, th- one of the things that they say in this story is that researchers had previously thought that almost all brain activity ended in one huge mysterious surge about a minute after death. That's what I would have assumed. Um, but it turns out that that research is based on rats, and humans are different, and that the brain can keep on clicking for about uh, you know up to ten minutes after the body has uh, has completely shut down, according to this study. So that is interesting. Uh, and, and, you know, to your point, Stephen, it's exactly what you just said. It's, it's evidence that, that death is not, you know, it's, it's not a toggle switch, right? It's a, right. It, it's a process. It's the end of a process, I suppose. Um, and the, and the process doesn't end as neatly or cleanly as we would, as we would like to imagine. I also wonder when I read this, this would be a good question for Jim Elvidge, speaking of spooky stuff, but would 10 minutes of brain activity after everything else is supposedly done, when, when, when your body is supposedly dead, might this account for these, um, what do you call them, um, not out-of-body experiences? What are those called? The uh, near-death experiences, right? It's yeah, this yeah. residual brain activity. 
that's that's going on even though even though you're dead. I wonder if there's some connection there. Well, there's. Uh, I would I would guess that uh, most doctors would uh, and, and those who you know are secularists would probably say yes. That's that's exactly the reason. And uh, even you know going down a dark tunnel with the light at the end. You know they that's could you know they could say that that's just part of you know what you can expect uh, the the brain to experience as as oxygen is shut off and things like that so um that i you know that i, I would i would guess that uh, there there are plenty of uh, of doctors and others that would would answer a, a resounding yes to that question phil i, I you know I, I personally don't have a conviction on that so um no, me neither. Uh, to, to me, that's a really interesting phenomenon that I'm skeptical about, but don't really know much about. And, and right. you just to hear that, and you go, "Oh gosh, if the brain's still going ten minutes after you think somebody's dead, that might account for it. Might account for something, but who, who knows? Maybe not." I think to me, the real takeaway from this story is the brain carries on. It carries on as, as best it can, right? You know, it, it, it's it's in yeah. no hurry to shut down, just like the rest of your body, right? Your body doesn't want to die. Um, and and the, the you know I, I suspect that there are cells that are continuing to divide you know and I mean, at the cellular level there are still there's still stuff going on you know uh, and, and and until you're you know long past your the time you're delivered to the morgue you know, I right. would imagine right. uh, probably so you know you all, all all your organs have shut down and, and and you know you are you are dead but. Uh, you know, the the word hasn't gotten down to the individual cellular level. I, I would I would just guess. I'm just going to hazard that as a guess, uh, Phil. But that it takes it takes a while for everything to shut down. Right, which leads us to our next story, which is scientists get the green light to resurrect the dead with stem cells. Now, that sounds spooky. And if you thought that was the spooky one in the story, it's actually not, because the dead we're talking about here are not people who've been sent to the morgue. The dead we're talking about here are the brain dead. That's that's actually what uh, yeah and they, these their bodies are alive and well it's just not you know no brain activity that we can that you can detect is that yeah we'll say alive and functioning because you know without yeah. a brain it's uh, yeah you're not well but yeah, uh, yeah you're, you're the, the the physical body seems is is continuing on uh, with 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 no brain activity but so what we're we talking about here they're, they're using stem cells to reboot the brain or uh, get the brain yeah, to do stimulate and regrow neurons and see if you can't fire the brain back up right because yeah. uh, you know it, it's an interesting take on brain death here when we say the brain when we say brain death has occurred we don't actually mean the tissues themselves are dead right that's not what brain right. death means it means that the brain no longer functions as a brain it no longer functions as an organ the tissues are still alive. So this treatment is talking about going in and regrowing, reconnecting parts of that still living brain, brain-dead brain that's, that's still technically biologically alive, and see if you can't bring, bring it back to life in, in that other sense, actually uh, get, it, get it working again. This, to me, has tremendous implications for so many areas, I, you know, for one thing, um, it seems to me that there, there are tremendous implications here for all of your neurodegenerative diseases, right? Because if you can bring a brain-dead person back, then there ought to be a lot of hope oh, yeah. in these kinds of treatments for people with Alzheimer's, oh, yeah. Parkinson's. If if, yeah, if, if you got, are a locked-in patient, 
you got you got people that are something less than brain dead, but are having some sort of brain problem. Right. That's hope for that's hope for everybody, right? I mean, yeah, exactly. Uh, that's yeah. Um, I, I I wish them well with this. I you know, <laughs> now stem stem cells have um, uh, you know they're they're you know the first instances of attempts of of using stem cells didn't work out so well. There's there's right ways and wrong ways to do this apparently, and uh, we're still learning. But for but for patients that you know, you're you're ready to pull the plug. You know, the questions being asked of the family are you know is it time to pull the plug? There we, we really you know the, this person's been brain dead for a week and we don't have any known treatment or anything. Well now here, here's a potential treatment. Right. You know, so th- this is uh, this is something that uh, perhaps uh, um, it's a you know it's a last ditch kind of thing that uh, might give some some chance to somebody who simply wouldn't have a chance otherwise. And um, you know let's let's find out. Uh, you know it's it, it's it's something we've mentioned time and time again. Like uh, you know people with terminal cancer and things should be allowed to try things that you wouldn't allow other patients to try because I mean why not right. Right. Um, I think that the, you know this is this is a long shot, I would guess. But uh, let's let's try it, and uh, and and perhaps we learn. To, you know, perhaps it doesn't help the first uh, patient or ten or one hundred that is tried on. But we learn things that help. You know, other people down the road, and uh, uh, and 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 you're not really taking away hope. Uh, you know, uh, are a chance from somebody who has no chance otherwise. Right. Well, I mean, in most jurisdictions in this country, a diagnosis of brain death is tantamount to a declaration of death. Right. It's the same right. thing, right? Legally, right. You you just you switch the machine off because the person's already dead. So it's not like, I mean, what downside could there be? You know, other than perhaps right. loss of dignity or hardship on the. Uh, uh, on the family who, you know, you might praise their hopes uh, needlessly or something like that. But other than those kinds of things, you can't hurt that person if they're already legally dead, right? You can't hurt, right. you can't hurt a dead person. It, it's effectively, legally anyway, it's the same as experimenting on a cadaver. Um, it's, yeah. you, know, you know, it it, 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 comes, it comes to the same thing, except this you cadaver know, so might come I, back I, to life. You know, it, it, it almost it almost is, is close enough Phil, to, to what people hope for when they have their brains cryopreserved. I mean, that's 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 how uh, you know advanced we're talking about almost. Uh, it's it's the sort of technology that would bring somebody back to has had their had their brains uh, vitrified, or what they what it's not freezing. It's something else that you know that yeah, vitrified is the right word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think you're right. That's actually that's where I was. That's where I would have gone with this next. That this actually okay. moves you. This actually moves you in that direction. I mean, that's all. That's exactly what I was going to say. That this is maybe the first of ten thousand or a hundred thousand steps towards reviving a, a yeah a cryopreserved brain. Uh, this is yeah. you know not not that far down that road, but it's a step, isn't it? Yeah. I. Um, I, you know, my 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 hope, Phil, is that before either of us or anyone, uh, you know, in our families or anything need need uh, to be cryopreserved, that uh, you know this sort of uh, technology comes to full fruition, so that you don't need to have your brain vitrified. You can just, okay, uh, uh, it's time to bring bring this person back. It's time to reboot them, basically. Um, you know, we can we can uh, we can we have the technology to do that now. That's that's uh, uh, you know obviously that's the hope that. Uh, um, you don't need to. You don't need to do that. But uh, 
any rate, that, I, I agree. I think that this is, like you say, a, a, a baby step in that direction. Yeah, if, if we can bring people back from death one way, uh, we can potentially bring them back another way. But maybe more to your point, we can prevent death in the first place, which sounds uh, <laughs> a lot more appealing. Although, I don't know, you know, maybe being frozen, that's your chance to finally really take it easy for a while there, you know. While you're in the, uh, <laughs> Just get away from it all. <laughs> people aren't going to be bugging you much, you know, when your head's in the, the, the freezer there. All right. Um, let's move on because we've got a lot more of these to cover. We're going to run out of time. Scientists discover how to upload knowledge to your brain. Now, you know how I complain about headlines, Stephen. They yeah. oversell the story, and they have drastically oversold this one, but it's still pretty interesting. So if you hear that headline, scientists discover how to upload knowledge to your brain, and you picture the matrix – where Keanu Reeves can just, you know, pull down a program and suddenly he knows Kung Fu. Sadly, no. That's, that's not what this is. Or what even they, how to fly a helicopter. They can't fly no, you can't fly a helicopter. You can't immediately speak French. What, what, they've, what they've got down now is the brain patterns of people who know things and are good at them, and they can start feeding, basically stimulating your brain to match those patterns as you're trying to learn something if I understand this story correctly. And it greatly enhances how quickly you can learn something. But, um, you know, the idea that you're, that you're literally feeding the content of what's being learned, information is going into your brain. What's going in, though, is like meta-information, right? It's brain state right. information. Um, it, it's, it's not, it, we're not yet to the stage where, you know, they just can load Wikipedia into your head, right? Or you know, how to speak French or something like that. It's a, it's a, it's a step or two, maybe quite a few steps away from that. Still, it's a you're, start. You're in the, you're in the mode to receive, basically. Yeah. Uh, they can, they can say, okay. But and, and seem to me like uh, if they can do that, then they could also put you in the mode to go to sleep. You know, if you're having trouble going to sleep, you, you could flip, flip a switch, and they could give you a brain pattern that m mimics that of someone that's falling asleep. Yeah, um, and, and uh, you know if uh, if you if you want to uh, have you know have a spiritual experience, they could they could do that. I mean, it, you know, just uh, we're going to mimic the brain of somebody that's uh, sure. And and uh, there's and, been research on all those, those or whatever. Yeah. Those are potentially different parts of the brain, so we don't want to over right. uh, hype even this because yeah, right. you know, th th this should be able to make you happy, right? Anything, right? Yeah. Make you yeah. scared, but. Uh, but but yeah, but this is uh, this is this is pretty specifically around um, uh, uh, around learning specific uh, specific tasks. And what they've shown is a 33%. Uh, you know, the, the the group that got the brain feedback did 33% better than the placebo group. So it's not nothing. You know, to be able to oh, learn yeah. something that much faster or that much better than you would have, that's a, that's a big leap forward. And it's probably a pretty crude interface at this point, so the sort of thing that they'll be able to improve on significantly, I would think, um, as they go forward. Well, there was, a, there was a picture with one of the articles. It, I, I hope it was the same one, I feel. But, uh, I mean, it, it showed something that, you know, uh, there was uh, electrodes all over this guy's head. Is that, is, yeah. uh, is that, was that the same picture with you? Uh, that's the, the picture. I don't know that that's actually a picture of what of that research. You know, uh, yeah. sometimes you just see stock yeah. pictures. Let's take a look. Let's see what the caption is on that picture. This is interesting. So, and if if that is the interface, then uh, it's not ready for uh, <laughs> it's not it's not, uh, not ready for prime time. Uh, you know, you're not going to find one of these down at the store. Um, yeah, actually, that that picture isn't even in the story. So it looks like it was something that they just 
when they put it on Facebook, they just grabbed that stock awesome. photo somewhere. Yeah. Okay, so, gotcha. Yeah, because that looked like some kind of EEG or something, all those electrodes uh, pasted onto somebody's yeah. head. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if it isn't something like that, though. Um, it's, yeah. it's, it's going to be, it's, uh, yeah, it's, like you say, it's, it's not, it, we're not ready to sell it as a commercial product yet outside of the lab just yet. So. Exactly. You know what, I was looking at the wrong Interesting story. Interesting I'm going to go look at this now because I was looking at the wrong one, so no wonder it didn't go. Oh, yeah, watch enhanced training through. Oh, yeah, it is. Yes. That that, that, that picture okay. is de definitely from the uh, research. So looks okay. like he's got about 25, maybe 30 electrodes sticking into his head there. He's got a chin brace on, I guess, just to hold all that hardware in place. Yeah, looks yeah. looks really comfortable and fun. Actually, it looks like his hair uh, might catch like on fire. It looks like he's got a head shave too. Uh, you know, that, that's that's another thing. I mean, if you wanted to uh, wanted to take advantage of this technology, I would imagine you'd have to shave your head. Yeah, um, well, you would think, so, yeah, because it looks like his hair could catch on fire with all those electrodes going in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it's it's not quite it's not quite ready to uh, to help you get ready for final exams uh, this this semester. Uh, exactly. All right, let's get spookier. Let's move on. We got, yeah. we got spooky stuff, hopefully, by the time we're done with this. How about this story? Scientists say your mind isn't confined to your brain or even your body. And we, we've talked about this. We talked about this on Monday, that we, we recognize that some of our intelligence is no longer in our, in our brains anymore, right? We keep, it, we keep it someplace else. But this, this story even seems to take it a little bit farther than that. Doesn't it? Um, Jim Eldridge, uh, as, as often, you know, he he's a, he's our buddy. He's the friend of the show that's uh, that's often uh, espoused this uh, that you know your your mind is not necessarily uh, just in your body. Yeah. Uh, but uh, I, you know, I, I have no problem with uh, with the uh, the thought that uh, your mind could include uh, processing that's going on potentially, uh, particularly in your spinal column. Uh, you know, there's, there's, there, there has to be some uh, uh, pre-processing going on there before it reaches your brain, I would imagine. Yeah, and in fact, um, what I'm reading here seems to go well beyond even that, outside of the body completely, talking about, um, you know, not only kind of that technological ecosystem that we exist in, where there's imprints of, our, uh, of, of ourselves that are, that are in our devices, but also the fact that we're kind of interacting with the other people around us and that a, a, a bit of our mind ends up kind of being reproduced and, and carried on and even functioning uh, in, in this larger social structure. So it, it's really a, a very expansive and, uh, I don't know, almost spooky definition of the, uh, of the mind. I don't, I don't know if it that quite gets it. That, that's something close, I think, uh, uh, Phil, to mean theory. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if – uh, you know, if if uh, someone passes away, then the people close to them, you know, they, they you often hear people say, well, as long as we remember them, they're not really gone. You know, they, right. that's sort of a trite thing that you hear people say um, sometimes at funerals and things. And, and you know, it, that's not really helpful in the grief process, uh, uh, that, that sentiment. But I think there's yeah. some truth in it, though. Um, I, I think that, uh, you know, you some of what was them continues because – I'm going to just tell you, you know, um, that uh, the, the the thought of okay, well, how would they have felt about this? You know, and you see right. this situation arise, and uh, well, you know, 
you know, you know why you know you 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 grew up with it. And it's your parents, perhaps. And, you know, you know how they would feel about it, this new situation. You 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 um, you've, you saw them for years react to different things, and so you know it's almost like a voice in your head sometimes as to what to do in a, in a new situation. And you know, I, I completely agree with that. I think that there is a um, a um, uh, a, a, a sort of a residual uh, a person that hangs on in the in the heads of others, and it's and I think it's something akin to meme theory. Um, you know, it's uh, enough of the memes that make up a person are kind of kind of linger on after they're gone. It's, it's yeah. part of the impact we have as people, and I, I think I, I, I like that idea. And and it goes beyond that as well, even um, which which is really interesting. They, they talk about the mind being. We think of the mind being the information that we have in kind of a, you know, a set of tendencies or a set of biases or opinions or emotions or whatever. But in this model, they describe the mind more as that process of all that information coming into play. So your mind is, uh, is, is, is not an entity as much as it is a set of actions, a set of things, a set of occurrences, which is, which is a really interesting uh, way of looking at it. And also, um, it gets into this discussion about self-organizing complex systems for math. And when you look at a brain as a self-organizing complex system, uh, then your mind is definitely organizing around everything that it can, including both resources that you have internalized and those that are, that are sitting out there in the, uh, in in the larger world, so it, it, you know, without without getting mystical, and without getting all spooky, uh, it really it really does seem to say something profound about whether our whether our minds are confined to our brains, um, and they're not. They're not confined to either our our brains or our bodies. There there's something that maybe they started there, maybe not. That's a different discussion. But um, assume even assuming they started there, they don't end up there. That that's not the only place they are. Well, I mean, and, and, you know, if a person has authored a book in their life or something like that, I mean, mm-hmm. when, you, when you sit down to read that book, I mean, I've, I've, you know, if, if you are really engaged and are, you know, you're, you're in the right frame of mind to, you know, reading that book, it, it feels a little bit like a conversation, doesn't it? That person's right. long gone, perhaps. Yep. You know, and, uh, and there you are experiencing the mind of somebody that's that's uh, that's no longer around and uh, and that, and that like you say it's not even a mystical thing it's just um, it, but I think yeah, they haven't been uploaded just, but to some extent some part of them and this is true for any artist or for anybody who conveys anything in a permanent medium right. they've encoded some part of themselves right they can then right. y- you know be decoded even even if the person's gone and of course, it's it's all subject to interpretation, and and you might find that what they've written is distinctly different from that person if you knew that person, and, and you know the, all these different things come into play. But even even with all those caveats applied to it, there's definitely something there um, that that speaks to the fact that a mind is is beyond a brain. It's it's something yeah. that that exists outside of a brain, and that finally takes us to the full spooky, okay, which is, um, um, speaking of, uh, you know, uh, speaking of our friends um, that, uh, that, that can be on the, uh, on the outside of, of, 
of conventional thinking. You mentioned Jim Elvidge, but another good one is the author of this piece. And you know what, Doug, I've lost the link, and now his, I'm blanking on his name. But, of course, he's one of the authors of our book. He wrote the piece on, um, on cosmic religions, uh, Julio Prisco. There, thank you. Okay. And of course, I'll, I'll have the link in the show notes when the when it goes up. But Julio is the founder of the Turing Church, and he writes about spirituality issues as they relate to transhumanism and the singularity and and all of these kinds of technologies. And this piece is just I don't know, Stephen, just good fun from from a standpoint of uh, how far do you want to how far down the rabbit hole do you want to go? Um, Julio's ready to take you. <laughs> As deep as as you're ready to go. But it actually begins with just this this idea about the brain, about consciousness potentially being a quantum effect. And if the brain is a quantum effect, this actually goes hand in hand with what we were just saying. It speaks to the idea that parts of the mind could very well persist outside of the physical brain. Because quantum effects, you know, have, have these... uh, uh, these characteristics of persistence and, you know, these, these like non-local connections that occur between, um, b- between and among particles that suggest that some essence, uh, in, in some sense, some p- portion of your consciousness might even, they say here, carry on outside of the brain completely, right? You could take the brain out of the equation and that, that information entangled as it is would continue to exist now at that point we've gone into spooky territory right but we but we got there honestly i think you know um this is uh this is this is this is as close to building the case for it as you can as you can get and i'm not saying i agree with this but i think it's very interesting to kind of follow that path and say well you know what if if consciousness is a quantum phenomenon and if uh quantum phenomena involve ideas like spooky action at a distance and entanglement and all these other things, maybe they're onto something. I don't know. What, what did you think of this, this part well, of it? Jim, Jim Elvidge uh, kind of described uh, this, this sort of theory uh, this way. He said that consciousness is sort of like a thing that's in the universe and that a, a, a brain uh, is sort of like something that can tap into that. And, you know, obviously the more... Um, complex the brain, the better it might be able to tap into it, so that you have greater consciousness uh, in a human brain than in an animal brain, but the, the animal brain's still tapping into it to some extent, right? Right. Uh, just at a lesser at a lesser rate or lesser frequency or whatever, however you want to put that. I, I don't know that I buy it. It's certainly an interesting, it's an interesting thought and, uh, you know, and, and it would uh, and, and it would sort of point to things like after death and, uh, exp- you know, um, life after death and things like that. So, uh, you know, I like the idea of it. I just don't know that uh, we, you know, that there's this, there's a scientific basis for just for this stuff yet um, beyond, you know, what uh, uh, it, it's it, like you say, it's uh, how, how deep do you want to go down the, the rabbit hole? Uh, this article, well, uh, it's uh it will, it will take you there. It's, if uh, you want to go deep, follow the link and enjoy. And in fact, just spend <laughs> some time on the Turing Church site because it's just so much fun. And Julio is just, he's just, the guy is just great. We, we need him back on the show one of these days. We haven't talked to him in, uh, yeah. in, in too long. His, uh, his, his ideas are uh, uh, out there. Challenging. And he's, 
challenging. Yeah, challenging, and he's playful about it, and he has fun with it. And a lot like Jim Elvidge, actually. That the, these these yeah, people who yeah. who know that they're, you know, playing with fire a little bit, and they know that uh, that it really turns some people off, but they think there's something there. And you know what? If there might be, that's that's the end of that. I mean, the fact that we haven't proved that there's not anything there doesn't mean that. Uh, that there that there isn't right. We just haven't yeah. proved there isn't. <laughs> yeah, that we just we just haven't we just haven't uh, arrived there yet. Perhaps, or it might be just a pile of crap. We just don't know yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we just, uh, and it's, but it's fascinating stuff and challenging. And so yeah, it, it's 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 good reading. Uh, you, you know, I, I would recommend uh, I, I would recommend if you're going to follow the links on this week's show, please save that one for last and just have a little bit of fun with it and just open your mind a little bit, you know, just let you, let your brain go non-local and see what you come up with and uh, should be fun. All right. Well, you know what, Stephen, we've, gosh, we've run out of time again. We keep doing this every, every time we have a show, it comes to an end. It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is that uh, we'll be back with a new show on Friday and uh, an archive show uh, tomorrow on Thursday. So that's right. If you can't wait till Friday, just uh, drop in on Thursday. We'll have a, We'll have a, a, a rerun for you then and a brand new show. We're going to talk about some fun, fun space stuff on Friday. So we hope you'll all be able to join with us. It's been great talking with you, Stephen. been great having you all with us. And until next time, live to see it. <laughs>